0: Matthew chapter twenty-eight and verse number nineteen. We have been in a series called Anchored, and we've spent the summer. We've spent the summer talking about the things that keep us anchored as life, the winds of life blows and the waves of life go crazy. What are the things that keep us anchored? And um, a couple, three, or four weeks ago. We started kind of a sub-series in the middle of this series, talking about the ships that keep us anchored. And uh, we've talked about, somebody tell me some things you've talked about. Worship, fellowship, the difference in relationship and fellowship. And then we've talked about, what did we do last week? Leadership. We talked about loving and honoring, blessing, blessing and praying for all of our leaders. I don't know if how many of you that has impacted your prayer this week. Those of you that have bosses yeah, that you don't necessarily jihaw with. Yeah, We talked about praying for and honoring your bosses. And we talked about um, your political figures. We talked about pastors and the, the ministers that are, that are in our lives and, and, and praying for them and And I thank those of you that have sent emails and texts this week encouraging Kristen and I. That's not why I preached the sermon, but it was nice to get some of those texts and just saying, Pastor, we're praying for you. Thank you for being in our life. I want to remind you again that next Sunday is Vision Sunday. Also, next Sunday will be the launching and registration of our next session for Hills Gatherings. So those of you who have been waiting on Hills Gatherings next week, that will begin. So after service, we'll just roll out, and we will. you can register up for the different gatherings. We're all going to be doing the same theme throughout all the gatherings this time, the same curriculum. So the whole church will be moving forward. It's a 12-week session, and every other week you'll be meeting. So out of those 12 weeks, there's six weeks that you'll be gathering with people around coffee and, and as it gets colder, fireplaces and just spending time sharing the Word of God. Nothing like moving from relationship into fellowship. And then on the 14th, me and Kristen are throwing our own birthday party. Remember that? On the 14th, at the end of service, we'll be going out. We're going to have cake. There's going to be some gluten-free cake for those of you that are gluten-free, I believe, right? And there's going to be non-gluten-free cake for those of you that laugh at that stuff. So there's going to be cake, and we'll spend some time just having a blast and, and just celebrating together. Last week was leadership. Today, for the next uh, 17, 18 minutes, I want to talk about discipleship. The things that keep us anchored. Discipleship. I think it's very fitting that we're teaching on this today as we're blessing Jeremy and Jill because they have understood this, this law. They've understood what it means to be discipled and have never really been around anybody that has submitted to that more than Jeremy over the past 15 years. And Jill just allowing us to speak into their life. And and I've watched what God has done with them. And it's just fitting that today we're talking about this. Everybody say discipleship. Matthew 28, 19. This is called the Great Commission. Uh, Every religion talks about it. Every denomination discusses uh, the Great Commission. It's, It's a constant in everybody. No matter how you were raised what type of Christianity you came from, the Great Commission is something that we all know. But I want to dive in for just a moment. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So the Great Commission was not to just go. The Great Commission was not just to go and preach and go on tour and sing great songs and and to stand on a stage and exhort. The Great Commission was not that. The Great Commission was to go and make disciples. I believe that this has been one of the things that we have missed as believers is this part right here, making disciples disciples. The religions, and I don't want to get into all this kind of stuff, but the religions that are growing the fastest, the non-Christian religions that are growing the fastest, starts with this. Starts with discipleship. Starts with pouring into the young and teaching them their beliefs. We, in a lot of ways have missed this. And I want to spend just a few moments focusing on it because this is going to be something that we focus on throughout the rest of this year. We're going to focus on making disciples. The commandment was not to get a lot of followers. The commandment was to make disciples. And in this age of growing big churches and bigger churches and the biggest churches, as a pastor, you can feel the pressure of that. And yet the Scripture didn't call us to get a lot of followers. Nothing wrong with that. Jesus had a lot of followers. But out of those followers, he focused on making disciples. Did you know the majority of Jesus' ministry was teaching his disciples? Everybody look at me right here. This is very important. It's a short service, short sermon. I'm going to need you to help me out today, okay? So a little uh uh-huh, nod your head, don't doze off. It's only just a few minutes. Everybody can stay awake for ten more minutes, right? Jesus spent his majority not preaching on the mountains, not raising the dead. And it's amazing, that's what we focus on. I hear so many times people saying, I want to see miracles and signs and wonders I do too. I want to see thousands come to know the Lord. I do too. But the majority of Jesus's ministry was not all of those things we focus on. It was with 12 guys. So he would speak, he would encourage, he would exhort, and then the rest of the night he would stay with these guys. 12 guys and and then out of those 12 there was there were 70 and out of those 70 there were more. There were there were There were different levels of discipleship. But the guys that he really went in with, there were 12 of them. Three and a half years that he spent discipling them, training them, teaching them. This is how I do things. This is how I want you to do things. And then, when it came time for him to go away, he didn't stress out. He didn't worry. He turned to them and he said, all power has been given unto me in heaven and earth, Matthew 28, 18. Because of this, now you go and make disciples of all nations. Listen to me, y'all. This is the perfect plan. I mean, it is like this cosmic, multi-marketing, multi-level thing. It's this amazing thing where God set it up, and we tried to steal it and make it our business plan. But God set it up. Make a disciple, and then that disciple goes and makes another disciple. And that disciple makes another disciple. If we would have obeyed the Great Commission instead of just focusing on the go, if we would have focused on the making disciples, I believe we would have already reached the world. But that's just me. I have two questions for all of us today. Number one, who is discipling you? And number two, who are you discipling? Write that down. Who is discipling you? Who is there in your life that's speaking into your life, that's making you a better person, that's sharing with you their experiences and sharing with you what they've done right and what they've done wrong? Who is there in your life that's doing that? And then on top of that, who are you doing that with? Who are you discipling? Who are you pouring into? They always say, I've heard it said, you've heard it said, we always need the different levels. We need the, the folks that are here, the folks that are here, and the folks that are here. There's people that you're looking up to, and they're pulling you up. There are people that are alongside you that are speaking life into you. And there are people that you're reaching down, and you're pulling up. Let's start. Let's dive into the scripture for the next few minutes. Everybody say, go. We're going to talk about what it means to be a disciple and make disciple. First of all, you have to go. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got to think outside of yourself. That right there is the entire sermon. I mean, really. We were talking about it around the table yesterday. Now, there was someone that, that's there in our leadership team, and, and this person was talking about how God has dealt with them about their spirit of pride. And, and when you look at this person, you wouldn't think they had any pride at all. But God began to deal with them about laying their pride down. And I looked at them, and I said, You're speaking the message that needs to be spoken to this entire city because we are a selfish, prideful people. The only way you can go is you have to think outside of yourself. Abraham laid down everything he had and he went. Some of you, God is calling you to go and to do something greater than you've done, but you're going to have to lay down some of your own ambitions. I'll say this a different way. We are going to have to lay down some of our own ambitions to think about others. Think outside of yourself and we hear it all the time, I'm just too busy. We're all too busy. But what I found is only the busy people are doing the most things. We're all too busy. You hear that a lot. But what if we thought outside of ourselves and begin to think about what could I do to help someone today? And not just thinking outside of yourself for helping someone. You've got to think outside of yourself when you ask someone to disciple you. Because nobody... None of us want to really lay it down and say, I need you to speak into my life. But there's something powerful about laying every bit of that down and saying, I need someone speaking into my life, and I need someone to speak into their life. So here's what we hear a lot is, I'm too busy. Or a lot of times, even more so, we hear, I, I'm not good enough for that. I, I don't have a, a degree in Bible. I don't understand what I'm reading. Here's the way you figure out if you can disciple. Disciple. Do you have a story to share? Has God done something in your life? And are you just one step ahead of somebody else? Don't have to be a full lap. Just one step ahead so you can turn around and share with them. Now how many of you think you could disciple someone? You have a story to share, and you're just one step ahead in your spiritual growth from somebody else. Raise your hand. I'm looking around. I'm looking around. There we go. You and I... Can be disciple makers. Go. The second word, make. Discipleship is work. You got to make something. You got to spend time on it. Our pastor uh, used to say something like this: "The work of God is work." Right. You're going you're to get your nails messed up. You're going to get some blisters and some. you're going to sweat and maybe even bleed just a little bit. It is work, but it is worth it because you're raising up folks that you can pour into their life. I'm going to tell you right now, the greatest place that you can disciple someone else is in kids' ministry. These kids that are sitting in here right now, I was astounded last week. And I'm astounded here today. Have you heard anything from these kids? They're just amazing. They're better than we are as adults. Like, I have to get on to more adults for talking in church than I do the kids. The kids are teaching us how to worship. They're, they're teaching us how to give. They're going for it. Never ever should we as a church have to beg people to be a part of our kids ministry. If we have a heart to disciple, there should be a waiting list saying I I don't know, we have too many teachers you need to wait and go do something else. If we have a heart to disciple, there is no better place to disciple than back there with those precious babies. Mamas and daddies there's no better place to disciple than in your home, sitting around the dinner table, sharing with those children that God has given you the things that God has done in your life. It is work, though. You've got to work at it. It's work because it requires consistency as well. You can't just do it one-off. You've got you to be consistent with it, just all the time, just moving. This is what I'm excited about, our, our Hills gatherings, moving into this new, new level where it's going to be every other week, and we're going to be on the same theme, just consistency, discipleship. Making disciples is work. It requires consistency, and it requires commitment. And there's the biggest problem that we all have, that commitment. How many got commitment issues? Just raise your hand. And right now, some of you, I don't know, can I raise my hand? See, that's, even that was a commitment for you to figure out. The commitment is this. You have to have a burning desire to become like your master. Look at me. I'm going to say it again. You don't have a problem with being discipled or discipling others if you have a burning desire to let Jesus' name be known. Because you're going to want to know more about it. I want to know more about you, Jesus. I want to know more about the things of God. You're going to be asking for more. And let, write this down. With Jesus, the closer you get, the more you get. One day I'll do a teaching on the difference in friends and followers and family. Jesus had followers, but he said, I want you to become my friends. But out of those friends, there was only one that he called family. And that was John at his cross when he says, John, here's your mama. Mama, here's your son. The closer you get, the more you get from him. All of the other disciples were blessed. But John got to be called family. Why? Because John was on his chest. John was at the cross. He was the only one that was there. Look at your neighbor and say it with me. This is my second time to look at you. Tell him, say, this is my second time to look at you. Say, you need to get as close to Jesus as you can. Say it. Say, forget about religion. Come on, say, forget about religion. Get as close to Jesus as you can. Almost done. Go. Make. Two things. Go. you got to get out of your comfort zone. Make. you got to work at it. Look at me. I don't want to hear anybody anymore saying, I just don't know. It's work. We all know it's work. If we're going to make disciples, we're going to get splinters. You're going to get hurt. People are going to turn their back on you. They're going to reject you. They're going to walk away. It is hard work, but it is worth the work. Go. Make disciples. Baptize them. The word baptism, man, that's a strong word. It requires a commitment. It requires a confession. It is a public profession. You're telling everybody, this is my man right here. Jesus Christ, he's the cat. I'm going down in his name. I'm taking him on me. That's a big deal. That's what happens with discipleship. You make professions and confessions, and you step into deeper relationships with God. And then lastly, Teach. Everybody say teach. The word disciple literally means discipline. I'm going to ask you something. Are you willing to be coached? Are you willing to be coached? Are you willing to be taught? The scripture says those that are prideful and stiff-necked, those are the ones that the Lord turns away. But those that have their heart open to the things of God, the greatest athletes are never the ones that have the most ability. The greatest athletes are the ones that can be coached, that can be taught, that are always learning. Are you willing to be coached? How many would just confess that you don't like being coached at anything? Raise your hand. Come on, two people. There you go. I like that. I don't want to be told what to do. I just don't like it. Now, let me see. How many honest again? I'm going to give you one more, more chance. Just don't like being coached. There you go. Uh-huh, I see you. Somebody raising other people's hands. I'm going to say something. The only people that can disciple are people who've been discipled. We see it all the time. Man, I just want to be a blessing. I want to do this. I want to do that. And yet they've never received, never taken time and said, I want you to speak into my life. I want to receive from you. We have to have a desire to be coached that we can look at someone and go, I want you to speak into my life. I want you to disciple me. I want to learn from you. And then we have to have a desire to coach Because coaching is hard work, too. Uh, We've learned it as Evan and Davis have moved into the basketball world. Our coaches, they are the hardest working guys that I know. They spend all day, all night just working, 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 working. It is work. To be taught requires a desire to learn and a desire to share. And then lastly, here's what the Scripture says. If you'll do this, if you'll go, if you'll make, if you'll baptize, and if you teach, I have a promise for you, and that is this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Everybody look at me. I'm almost done. We all focus on getting the music right, and many times we focus on having the presence of God showing up. And I said a moment ago, we focus on the on the mighty exploits and feeding the 5,000 and miracles, signs, wonders, and the big concerts. But let me say something to you. You will never feel more of Him than when you are committed, com, in community with others learning about Jesus. Never. You can be in the greatest anthem, big anthem, big stadium, and everybody just singing it loud and, yeah, there's greatness there, but you will never feel Him closer than when you're sitting down with someone and they're telling you their story and you, you're telling them your story and you can feel God. Why? Because He says we're two or three or two or more gathered in my midst, in my name. I'm going to show up. Let's stand today. Ooh, I've got two minutes. Come on. So those of you that were going with the Vegas numbers and betting against me, y'all wrong. (laughs) Come on, Bam. we're going to end it with just a little bit of worship today. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. Go make disciples. I want everybody to look at me real quick. I want you to stop for just a moment. I want you to think about the people in your life right now that you would love to have them speak into your life. Now look, don't go after the easy ones. Don't just look at me and Kristen. And as, as much as we want to, as much as we want to pour in your life, there's only so much we can do as pastors. We, we're going to pass you as best as we can. And as our church grows, it, it makes it even harder and harder. But I want you to begin to think about some people in your life, some people sitting around you right now that you know have walked through some stuff. And say, man, I'd love for them. I can learn from them. That, I love their marriage. I love the way they hold hands. I see them show up at church. I want you to speak into my marriage. Man, this guy, this guy or this gal that's been great in business, speak into my life. I'd like that. I want you to think about it. who are those people. And I'm telling you right now, there's enough right here in this room right now that your life could be forever changed. We say this a lot. There's somebody in this room right now that more than likely is the other part to the equation of your destiny think about that who is that that I could find that could speak into my life and then I want you to think about this who in my life could I be speaking into their life who could I be sharing with and mentoring and and ministering it's it's been sad for Chris and I to watch folks that we know could have been life changing with so many other people but instead they focused on them and themselves and, and I've watched people that needed them in their life let's break that y'all we got a chance to build a super race we got a chance to do something incredible build the kingdom of God a royal priesthood a holy nation we have a chance to do that if we just go make baptize teach he shows up and is in our midst all the time. So, if you're wondering what our focus is going to be over the next several months, you just heard it. We're going to make disciples. We're going to get in strong. We're going to spend time with each other, love each other, care for one another. How many receive that word this morning? You receive it today? Today?